Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, that's our cry this morning. We place you at the highest place. And as we wait to hear from you, please speak to us. May you be present here. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. It is good to be here this morning. I trust you've been blessed through the Sunday school hour, through the songs. It's been good. And as we look to hear a word from God this morning, I trust we can be drawn to him. That is my heart's cry. Before we get started, I wanted to have a little snack. I, a little earlier here, I should have had a little more sugar in my system, so I was a little more alert and listening to the moderator. So I'll try to put some sugar in my system now. That's better. Sour Patches. How many of you like Sour Patches? How many of you don't like Sour Patches? Okay. Maybe, maybe that raise of hands would, would show us who enjoys consistency in life and who's somebody who doesn't like change, who likes things to stay the same. Sour Patches. I love Sour Patches. Actually, really any type of gummy candy I enjoy but there's something about sour patches that are unique. Not many other candy is like it. And why is that? You pop it into your mouth, what happens? You're hit with a sour burst that sometimes makes you shiver a little bit. I love giving them to, to little children and seeing them shake their head and cringe and whatever. I think babies under one should get a taste, don't you think? And then after the sour flavor has dispersed, you are hit with the wonderful sweetness of the gummy. Hmm. And that's what you, that's what I live for, is to have that sourness go away and the sweetness come forth. Sour patches can't be beaten. So what can we learn from sour patches? The title this morning is Sour Patches of Life. And this morning, seriously, I want us to see the beauty of change. So we rejoice and do good. I want us to see that there's actually beauty in, in change, even when it doesn't look like it. Because when we can see it as being beautiful, that's when we can live with a happiness and joy that none can describe. Turn with me to Ecclesiastes 3 this morning, is where we're going to take for a text. Ecclesiastes 3. And when we think about change, so the reason I use sour patches is to, to symbolize the change that comes. First of all, it's sour, but it ends in sweetness. And you see, there's a lot of change in life. We go through changes as life goes on. Some are good. We're glad for change in some areas. We look forward to change. Some changes come unexpectedly. And sometimes we don't know how to deal with them. We might ask why. Why the change? But change is necessary for the next thing to come. We know that. There needs to be a change. A job might be a, a, 
something that's a change, a school, having a baby, getting a new car, marriage. And I heard Andrew has some exciting news coming up, so you have to ask him. I don't see him here this morning. Change. Those are maybe good changes, but then there's unexpected changes that we don't control. Health issues that arise, death. You name it. As you think back over your life, think about the changes that came unexpectedly on a trip and something happened to your vehicle. It changed your course of action. There is change in life. How do we respond to it and how do we view it? Change. Turn with me. Uh, you're already there at Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And we're going to look at the first uh, 15 verses here this morning. So I'm going to read that at this time. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend, a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it, that men should fear before him. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. So, Ecclesiastes, written by Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. What do we see here in these verses? Verses 1 to 8 all kind of flow together. And as you're reading through, it's like, okay, will he ever get done? I get the point. I mean, you get it after about the first two verses. Yeah, there's a time for everything. That is what he, that's what he's trying to, to show through these first eight verses. There is a time, and he goes back and forth. Symbolism, jumping back. There's a time for all that. But to go from one thing to the next, how do you know if you're supposed to cry or how do you know if you're supposed to laugh? And sometimes we can jump pretty drastically between the two. That time of change, or that time of transition, is called change. And our life is full of changing between these times to do different things. Change. 
And sometimes it's hard to know when to change. Sometimes we're forced into change. So what we're going to talk about this morning is changing and when changes come up. So Solomon goes through and records all these, these different times to do certain things. And verse 9, what profit hath he that worketh in wherein he laboreth? In other words, what's the point of it all? Yeah, you go back and forth, what's the point? It's all vanity. That's the summary of Ecclesiastes. Everything is vanity. So what's the point? I've seen the travail. I've seen them work. God hath given to the sons of men to do that. Verse 11 is where I'm going to draw three points here this morning to help us navigate through change. Three truths that can help us navigate in a time of change. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from beginning to the end. What do we see here, first of all? Verse 11. Truth number one. Everything is beautiful. He makes everything beautiful. And when you think of something beautiful, what might you think of? I'll let you stop and think about it. If I say the word beautiful, what comes to your mind? Okay? So we're all thinking of something beautiful. Now that's our own definition of beautiful, right? That's what we think is beautiful. However, God makes everything beautiful, perfect in his own way. Sometimes we look at situations, sometimes we look at people, and we ask the question, how is anything good going to come out of that? Hmm. God makes everything beautiful in his own way. You know, we know that gold needs to go through the fire to be purified. We understand that, that analogy. Sometimes we might see something in that purifying process, and it's not beautiful yet, but it will be beautiful at the end. God makes all things beautiful. Back to the Sour Patches. When, that, when you grab that first piece of candy, you pop it in your mouth, you have that sour taste. And it's not real appealing to the taste buds, okay? But it's just a little bit, and then it's gone. In that moment, if I was to give you a Sour Patch, all right, here's a Sour Patch, and it continued to stay sour and sour, and just wasn't getting sweet, you'd start to question Sour Patches. You see... It takes time for beauty to happen. Sour patches turn sweet. Sometimes we see things that we don't understand what's going to come out of it that's going to be good. But it takes time to be beautiful. So when I say sour patches, like, okay, those of you who know them, yeah, they're sour and then they're sweet. You trust, you trust the name. Okay? But... So much more shouldn't we trust God? We trust the name brand Sour Patches. We trust that these will taste sour for a little bit and then go sweet. How much more should we trust that God is making all things beautiful? He will do it. Through circumstances beyond our control, we recognize that God is in control. And we understand that he will be able to make anything beautiful out of whatever comes. Now, this doesn't give us the right to go make any decision in life and say, oh, God will make it beautiful. It's okay. No. That's, that's, that's another extreme. 
But when there's circumstances beyond our control, remember that God will make all things beautiful. That's what we see here. Truth number one. Do you believe that? God has a plan in everything. Point number two, what comes next? He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Timing. Sometimes we think timing should be different than what it is. We say, why not now? Or why couldn't it have been already? Timing. God's timing is best. Now, if, if these sour patches, going back to that illustration, if I gave it to you and it continued to stay sour and continued to stay sour, the timing wouldn't be good. I am certain that there has been research into how much sour materials should be put on so it is not undesirable for too long. Okay? The, the, the candy makers understood that. God understands the timing that is needed for us. We don't know the perfect timing, but God does. God understands what timing is best. How many times do you think we, do you think, do I think that I want it now? Or I need it now? We're praying for a certain situation and we want to see the outcome now. But that would take away the beauty of waiting. You know, not everything is beautiful in the moment you experience it. I had to think about the having a baby, the labor of childbirth. In the moment, it's pretty intense. But the joy of holding that baby is glorious. Can you think of anything in your life where you had to wait? And in the end, it was beautiful. And because of that waiting, the timing process, it was much more beautiful in the end. God's timing is best. And we so often think our timing is best. We want to get ahead of God. And we don't trust Him that God knows best. So, the first two truths about timing, about change, is God makes everything beautiful. And secondly, God's timing is best. Do you believe that? When changes come up in your life. Which moves us to number three. The third truth about change. What do we see next? Also, he hath set the world in their hearts, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from beginning to end. What is he trying to say here? God sees the big picture. And maybe this truth should be first. Because if we get this truth right, the other two might fall into place. God sees everything. He sees the big picture. Another uh, way world, uh, he has also set the world in their heart. World can often also be translated eternity. Ingrained in every person is the understanding of the eternal concept. Way down in, we understand that. But our flesh fights against that concept and we think we know what's best for us now. But ingrained in each one of us is an internal sense of the eternal. There's something beyond just the here and the now, but it's something bigger. And God, I think uh, Solomon is referring to that. Also, he has set the world in their heart. He said eternity. We understand that deep down in, but yet our flesh wants to fight that. And we want to define what is beautiful and what is perfect timing. 
When you think of changes that came into your life, is it hard to accept it at first? It is for me. This past year was a time of change. And sometimes I grapple with, why, why all this change? But God sees the big picture. And if we can let him see the big picture, we then trust that he's making things beautiful. We trust that his timing is perfect. And that's when we can say, yes, God, you're in control. God sees the big picture. You know, change isn't easy. I referred to this past year. There was a lot of change in our family. And some of it was exciting. Some of it was hard. Saying goodbye to some relationships. And moving on. It's exciting. Yeah, it's hard. But change opens up a new chapter that God will reveal his perfect will. And I understand there are personal choices, job, house, things like that that come up that we choose, etc. But then there's, I referred to the uncontrollable changes. Things we don't control. Things that come up. How do we respond? How do we react? And if we can then remember that God sees the big picture... We will say, God, I don't get it, but you're going to make something beautiful out of this. And your timing is perfect. And if we can have those three truths and understand them and believe them, what's going to happen in verse 12? I think Solomon gives the answer to when we believe those three truths. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. So I said at the beginning to see beauty and change. So I kind of walked through the process of change. And okay, we're supposed to know that God makes all things beautiful. We're supposed to know that God's timing is perfect. And understand he has the big picture. But what's beautiful in that? That's the beautiful part. When we're trusting the change. When we can look back and say, yes, I trusted you, God. Instead of trying to go ahead on our own. That's the beauty of change. Imagine if we knew everything. So imagine if that verse says, and I have put all understanding from beginning to end in their hearts. We would know everything. We would be robots. We would know what's coming next. There would be no need for trust. But when we don't know what's coming next, when we understand God sees the big picture, we can then say... God, I trust you. You're going to make it beautiful. Your timing is perfect. And that's what's beautiful in it. Do you ever see a child looking up to their mom or dad in trust? That's what this is. Trusting that God changes God's plans are best. And when we can look back and see things in our life where we did that, that's what's beautiful. Seeing the beauty of change. That's what causes us to trust. When we don't understand it all. But when we trust and recognize God is in control and he sees the big picture. That's what makes sour patches what they are. Without the change from sour to sweet, they wouldn't be sour patches. Without the change from different things in life, there would be no trust. Ha, huh. that's beautiful. That's the beauty of change. If we believe those three truths, we can rejoice. 
No matter what comes, we can rejoice and do good. And that is the characteristic of a believer, of a Christian, who has full assurance, full trust in God, no matter what changes come his way. And the reason I was thinking about change is because our congregation right now is going through change. And it's exciting. Back when I, was, I experienced uh, ordination from, from a different set of lenses being in the nomination room, and there was times I just about cried. To see the beauty of everybody focused on God, what do you have in store for our church? It was beautiful. This change, it wasn't easy, but it was beautiful. And this ordination brought is bringing changes for everybody. The outcome's not the same, but it's a time of change. And it's beautiful in the body of Christ. I want to focus on a couple different areas of how we experience change. We were all seeking God. We were praying. We were battling with what name should we give? Should we give a name? What should we do? But then, let's say, the name you gave wasn't chosen or in the lot. Oh, does that mean that I wasn't following God? No, that's what's beautiful about it. We were seeking Him. That's beautiful. This process of change, it's hard, but it drew us closer to God. It's beautiful. Then Wednesday nights, come in here, you could feel the tenseness. Some were feeling the calling. It was, oh, is it going to be me? We were seeking God. This time of change, it wasn't fun, but it was beautiful. Some got the answer no. There was probably some who thought, oh, maybe it'll be me, and you weren't called. That's okay. The process of change is beautiful. Are you starting to see the beauty? I cried when I thought about it. It's wonderful. Drew and Damien, through this, next, this past week and a half, will it be me? No, it won't. Yes, it will. No, it won't. Yes, it will. After the ordination, there's going to be one who's not called. Does that mean he's not following God? No. This process is beautiful. It's change. But God is drawing us. And if we can say, God, you understand the big picture, we can say, wow, it's beautiful. And the ministry team, who am I going to work with? Drew, Damien, no, yes, no. It's beautiful. Both are qualified men, and God can use either one. It's beautiful. It's not easy. We fight our flesh, but it's beautiful. This afternoon... When we come up after the ordination, there's going to be one who's called, one who's not. It's going to be awkward. What do you say? The first one, second one. It's beautiful. God is drawing us together. It's change. It's hard, but it's beautiful. And when we can step back and say, God, you see the big picture, that's when we can see he's making all things beautiful. And his timing is perfect. Can you see beauty and change? Are you with me? It's beautiful. And when we understand that there's beauty and change, we can rejoice. 
And as I think about this change that we're going through, it's beautiful. Let's rejoice in it. Let's do good. My takeaway for today, think of an area in your life that was a time of change. And share with someone else what you learned from it or how it spoke to you. What is an area of change looking back over your life where you say, ha, God was in it. I didn't see it in the moment. It wasn't beautiful in the moment. But God had the big picture. He had it in his hands. Remember the sweet aftertaste that will come when we believe the three truths. God makes all things beautiful. His timing is perfect. And he sees the big picture. And when we can believe that, we can then rejoice and do good. Beauty and change should make us rejoice. So I hope this morning, as we looked at the short verses here in Ecclesiastes, we can remember that change is beautiful. There is beauty and change. And when we see the beauty and change, we'll rejoice and do good. I'm excited for what God has in store for us, for you, this week as you go. Serve God, trust him that he has all things in control. And if you want to try a sour patch afterward, come and see me. For a reminder, some things might seem sour at first, but God has a plan and he has a sweet plan for each one of us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you. We cry out to you. We see your hand working in so many areas of our life. And we trust you. You know the big picture. And I pray that we would understand that God makes all things beautiful. And your timing is perfect. And when we can understand and believe those truths, we can then rejoice and do good no matter what comes our way. It's beautiful. There is beauty and change. Be with us as we go from here, dear God. In Jesus' name, amen. Song, please.